Hey everyone, Sean Paul Ellis here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's morning with a U. Thank you for listening, and before we start today's show, we have to tell you about a special project that we've been working on, and you can check it out right now for free. Myself, SMC co-host Dave Trumbor, and friends of the show Allison Keene and Alex Kazanis have put together a comic for you called Death Jr., what is Death Jr.? Think of it as part Charles Schultz's Peanuts comic strip, South Park, and a lot of morbid humor. We've had a blast with this, and you can read a new comic strip every weekday in January by going to our Twitter, at Death Jr. Comics, on the web, DeathJuniorComics.com, and you can even check out our current Instagram, which has been taken over with Death Jr. this month, at Saturday Morning Cartoons. We hope you enjoy it and share the hell out of it. Pun intended. Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We cannot start this week's show, absolutely cannot start this week's show, until we thank the following people who went to Patreon.com to sponsor this Derek show. Derek Haynes. Alex Kazanis. Jack Connolly. Jonathan Renteria Elia. Bill Dixon. The wonderful Melanie Harker. Dr. Jason Woods. Oh, the fantastic Allison Key. The all right Jamal Newman. The so-so John Hunter. Battle Matt Fitness. The wonderful David Trumbor. And the one and only Sean Paul Ellis. Hey, out there, if you guys want to be on this list or just want to know what's coming up next week on the show, check out patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons for more details. And remember, that's morning with a U. Thank you so much for sponsoring us. Thank you so much for listening. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from the eighth plane of hell, I'll be your co-host Dave Trumbor. And joining me as always, the sixth and lesser known of the Flabiac brothers, it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going there, bud? Uh, David, 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 I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Do you I have a quick question for you? Yeah, yeah. Get Is it, it difficult being one of the lesser known brothers of hell? <laughs> is it difficult for me? Is it difficult for you? I don't think people ask you that enough. Uh, I mean, it is. You know, I'm constantly sort of looked over. Uh, you, I'm. I mean, I'm the sixth, so I'm. I'm like the baby, right? Yeah, but that's like a good I'm like number the for you guys. Isn't yeah, it? but I'm like the baby of the family. Like everybody, you know, everybody's always doting on me or hating on me that I'm the baby. Yeah, but you're also the sixth born of who knows how many generations of uh, hell spawn, whatever you guys are. I feel like six yeah. is a good number. Seven's usually for the other guys, so maybe six is good. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, but if it was, like, if I had two other families where I also had brothers that were, like, the sixth in their kind, and it could just be, like, six, six, six. Oh, I got you. So you need some other six brothers. Well, we do have a special guest here tonight. Maybe he's the sixth son of a sixth son. I don't know, but I guess we can ask him. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, everybody. Brother from another mother. Evan Valentine hey. is back on the show. He doesn't know what. Wanda. That's pretty oh, good. Oh no. Wanda. <laughs> Wanda. Thank you for having me. That's all he's gonna be doing tonight. <laughs> we literally just brought him in for his spot on Keith David impression. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah, that totally sounded the same. Me, yeah, the exactly whitest the guy ever, and Keith David, the opposite. Well, spoiler <laughs> alert, you can be the new Spawn. Oh, yeah, I can be, like Jim Downing. <laughs> That's a deep cut. Oh, God, we are talking a terrible name. <laughs> we are talking Spawn, otherwise known as Todd McFarlane's Spawn tonight, because God forbid you forget the man who created this character. <laughs> Uh, Sean, buddy, you have uh, you have a little bit of history for us to walk us through? Yeah, absolutely. So Todd McFarlane's Spawn is an animated television series which aired on HBO from 1997 through 1999 based on the character from Image Comics. Spawn was nominated and won an Emmy in 1999 for Outstanding Animation Program longer than one hour. Todd McFarlane's Spawn was ranked fifth on IGN's list of greatest comic book cartoons of all times and 23rd on ign's list of top 25 primetime animated series of all time i don't know why ign was the only people reference <laughs> reference thought we, could we got more busy things to do every sign everyone else yeah <laughs> because usually when i look for listicles about stuff i'm always on ign guys <laughs> that's where all the spawn news that's fit to print will be apparently <laughs> As Todd McFarlane announces the Spawn sequel for the 800th time since Spawn 1 came out. God, do you want to talk about that for a second? Oh, yeah. Where sure. we're currently at. So Ooh. where we're at is that Spawn 2 will have no Spawn in it. Spawn doesn't even have lines, which is something that Todd McFarlane says proudly about the movie. And uh, it will star Twitch of Sam and Twitch. And that was always weird to me because Sam and Twitch were these are the two Abbott and Costello uh, police detectives right. of the series. But for some reason, comic creators fucking love Sam and Twitch. They hate Spawn, but everybody loves Sam and Twitch. So it's very weird that people were just gravitated towards him, but he will be the protagonist of Spawn too. It, it kind of makes sense. So the whole thing is McFarlane is writing and directing this film as part of the <laughs> deal with um, Bloomhouse Productions. And Bloomhouse are the guys behind, you know, wildly successful horror franchises, neo-horror franchises that are made on like a shoestring budget. So you get things for like three, four, six, sub $10 million. Yeah. And these things make hundreds, hundreds of millions. I think like that's what the top three franchises are all in the hundreds of millions, and then everything else is like mid, you know, 40, 50 million, which is still pretty fucking good when you only spent $4 million to make something. In the Spawn sequel, Spawn will just be Todd McFarlane with a bunch of garbage bags that are taped to him that are painted red. They're so. actually just going to play the Missy Elliott music video in the background <laughs> where she's just in a big garbage bag floating around, and that's going to be the stand-in for Spawn because that's the level oh of budget God. we're talking about. No, so I, I'm trying to get behind this idea that it's like a $10 million movie that is kind of just like a, a hard-boiled detective story. And McFarlane has compared it to Jaws. Not because it's going to be anywhere near as good as a Spielberg movie, but because in Jaws, the title creature, for a variety of reasons, only appears at certain times. So you only get to see him during like these big climactic moments, these, these like major moments in the story. So Spawn, if and when he does ever actually show up, it's only going to be in like quick shots, where like, he, he drags a victim off or whatever, so you might see a chain come out. And then probably in the end, when they've got you know, $2.5 million of the CG. Can they? I mean, that's, that's a funny side story about yeah. Jaws, is that Jaws was actually an African-American hitman yeah. until he died really... and sold his soul <laughs> yeah. to come back and torture, the, torture the beachgoers of New Jersey as part of the deal with Mel Bolger. I would watch a Hell Shark movie. <laughs> I would watch a Hell Shark mm -hmm. movie. It's got to be a sci-fi movie already. 
That's I'm sure it exists. I know that for a fact there's a Ghost Shark movie. I'm okay with Ghost Shark too. We'll <laughs> oh team them up. It'll be like Ghost Rider and Spawn, but in the Shark universe. Mm -hmm. We are going to make a cinematic Shark universe. <laughs> if it's your first time hearing it, that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yikes. If you guys don't know what the hell we're talking about, you want me to walk you through a little bit of Spawn uh, lore here? Please. Please. <clears throat> so some of this may change and may have already changed because, you know, thanks to Retcon Comics. The original Spawn series centered on the former soldier Al Simmons, who fought in the Vietnam War as a commando, but he was betrayed and killed by his close friend Chapel, who changed over the years, who burned him alive with a flamethrower. Fun. Upon his death, Simmons vowed revenge on Chapel and hoped that he would one day return to his beloved wife Wanda. In order to accomplish this vow, he made a pact with the overlord on the eighth plane of hell, Malbolgia. The pact was this. Simmons would become a soldier in Malbolgia's Hellspawn army and return for the ability to walk the earth once again. However, Simmons was tricked and his body was not returned to him. Instead, he had been given a different body, which was a festering, maggot-ridden corpse that had a massive living red cape and chains attached to it. This sounds completely insane. <laughs> the head of this new body was in an advanced state of decay, which led to Simmons donning a mask in order to cover its grotesque appearance. So if you didn't quite follow all that, soldier, commando, mercenary kind of guy, died, deal with the devil, came back, he's a corpse, got a living cape and chains, and now he's kind of a superhero? Pretty much it. So, so he's, a, he's an anti-hero, right? He's yeah, he's an he's an anti-hero anti because yeah. he kills villains. But ironically enough, what made his face even more fucked up is that at one point Spawn had to use a dirty old shoelace in order to keep his like, face together up, right? yeah. because he fought Batman and Batman threw a batarang in his face. And, and so the only way to do and literally it had like he did that. And when people asked how it happened, he couldn't say Batman, so right. he just like ran into some guy. Ran into so. a batarang <laughs> rower. Trademark. Trademark. <laughs> Trademark. He actually had. He also had to get that tattooed on his skull, so that when he had that <laughs> sewed up, there's a little TM. If you look closely, there's a little TM next to it. Batarang. Yeah, because the stars and the brothers entertainment. Exactly. That's a great toy, by yeah. the way. Yikes. So what is, uh, Sean, buddy, what is your familiarity with Spawn? Did you come to it from this animated series? Did you come to it from the live action show or the comics or the toys? This came out in, and correct me if I'm, I'm right or wrong, the comic itself, it came out in the late 80s, early 90s, correct? Yeah. Yep. That's about right. Okay. And so this was like, this was prime time Sean going to comic yeah. book conventions in Reading, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I I still have uh the original uh first issue of Spawn and uh, So I does everyone issue... in existence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I've got one in yeah, 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 yeah. somewhere. <laughs> so and I was at a convention that Todd McFarlane was at and he was signing comics as well, so I'm pretty sure I have a at least one of the issues that I have of Spawn. I think I still have the original 1 through 25 mm -hmm. and one of them is signed by Todd McFarlane. Oh, cool. nice. So uh, I I was reading it. I was a big fan of it. Uh, there were a lot of things that were just crazy. I, this was, you know, at the weird point in time when Image was putting out a lot of comics like Death Blow mm -hmm. and Bad things rock. that were like really, really, yeah, exactly. And they were like they were really gritty uh, and they were super violent. But you could tell also at the same time that like they were kind of poising Spawn as this sort of heroic character for some reason. 
despite the fact that we've obviously mentioned that he is sort of an anti-hero in all of this, there was a lot of mystery about like backstory and uh, why he was specifically this way and, and what he was actually doing and what the impetus for the whole story was. And so that to me was, was worth it enough to kind of stay intrigued and continue reading the comic. Evan, how did you, you obviously came into it through the comic. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was deep. That was right around the time of uh, Clone Saga and Batman Nightfall. Yeah. And when everybody yeah. was, de- when Marvel and DC were deconstructing all of their heroes, Todd McFarlane, having left Spider-Man, yeah. decided to create a character who was just Spider-Man and Batman put together. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. While giving him Plus an entirely new. Thrown yeah, in, a little, yeah. and some venom in there. Um <laughs> But yeah, there's there's a shit ton of venom in Spawn. Yeah. Let's be real. But uh, so I got into it. I remember <clears throat> buying a copy in Tyson's Corner, mm-hmm. Virginia, back when they had a, <laughs> back when they had a comic book kiosk. I remember going oh, there kiosk. to buy all of my comics, and I picked up uh, Spawn number one. And I don't think I would read it on and off. I wasn't like really drawn to it a lot, but yeah. I was kind of like. Oh, this cool kind of thing. I mean, with the animated series, it was a little different because animated... There, As far as I know, Spawn probably was the first animated adult comic book series that I can think of, really. I mean, the one that was just like, it's on HBO, so yeah, you know it's serious. Yeah, crazy thing to begin with. Yeah. yeah. And so that's essentially how I got into it. And we were talking a little bit about it before, but for listeners out there... Spawn the comic book series is still going to this day. Yeah. There's about 350 issues. Cyan, Wanda's kid, yeah. who's a baby, yeah. is now like 28 years old. <laughs> she's the new she's Spawn. The, yeah, no, she's she has powers. And <laughs> of she, course she does. Spawn wow. is like her guardian and everything. And like that's where the series has gone and everything. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Dreamscape comics for me. I don't know if I picked this up on the rack because we would just like pop in there every once in a while or if my one of my parents misguidedly brought <laughs> one of these home but I loved it I loved the origin story of it and then I just loved the fact that it was like a a new creation I'm using air quotes here kids but it's a new creation and I love the powers I love that kind of like the sentient almost living suit that he had mm-hmm. um, we'll talk about his powers a little bit more once we kind of get into the plot because it, it shows it a little bit yeah I loved in the comics and even in the live action movie which I, we're all big fans of even though it's Pretty trash, um, <laughs> garbage. It's garbage. It's pretty garbage. But we love it. It's it's it's, a, it's as much garbage as the homeless people that spawn is camping out. Next <laughs> wow, that much garbage. It's just garbage on garbage. To all homeless people listening to this show, I apologize on behalf of John. Come on over for a meal. Um, but no, I love that. Like like Al Simmons as Spawn is like learning how to use his powers. He learns how to use his what, what do they call it necroblasmic armor mm-hmm. or whatever. And use how to, learn how to use <laughs> venom chains. symbiote. Venom symbiote, essentially. <laughs> but what a cool visual, man! To see like this, it this is really massive, billowing. And shape. even even the um the movie got that right. Oh, they did because the movie yeah, actually yeah, yeah. had scenes where the cape yeah. was so big, yeah, like where he was standing on the roof and the cape was, it was all in the cape. wind, yeah, and it was hitting another building yeah, that was, was like all four blocks away. And I loved it because there were always like almost like pieces of it could almost like float away and disintegrate, yeah. and it was like doesn't matter. It's just like this living entity. There was just something cool about the design and something something interesting that he really tapped into there, and apparently is like you said still going. So, mm-hmm. so we got the comics, we got the R-rated adult animated uh, adaptation on HBO, which is crazy. And still probably the best adaptation because yep. we also got that live action movie 
not so great. Uh, we will be getting another one, maybe sometime soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that. 1997 was uh, such a was a really huge year if you were a Spawn fan mm-hmm. because of the yeah. fact that you had the animated series starting and you had the live action movie in theaters. Oh, so, did the movie and the uh, animated series that came out the same year? The same time. Same year, 1997. I remember. I remember dragging my, my dad took me. To the I dragged my dad to it, and I remember feeling so embarrassed when we were walking. I out. didn't know anything. <laughs> different. I thought it was great. I was like, oh, God, I'm so embarrassed. I, I was like 13. Yeah, I didn't know any different. I'm like, that was fucking great, wasn't it? He's was probably like, mm, uh, I like the part uh, where the guy died, I guess. Remember when John Leguizamo was in the cheerleader costume? Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> How can you forget, though? How can you forget? Get with the fucking program. Uh, <laughs> Listeners out if, there, if, if this we weird start whispering, whispering yeah. yeah, we are going, if you hear whispering at random times, you're not hallucinating. We're just talking to you telepathically. So we're actually in your mind at that point. Because that's how, how the... children of hell communicate. There it is. So that's how we communicate as children of hell. <laughs> as the three sixth brothers of hell. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's, let's jump into this tonight yeah. with the theme song. And I would love to actually talk about a theme song, but we have three layers of introduction to get to before we <laughs> even get to, quote-unquote, a theme song. Uh, this isn't really an intro to the show specifically, but this for me, watching HBO, especially because I wasn't really supposed to be watching it at this point in time and at this time of night and this particular programming, uh, that static hiss with the HBO logo that comes up was always like... Oh my God. That's like like a nostalgic trigger. Spawn the animated series and Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, those ones specifically, having that... Yep. Then come on, it's just such a like... It's a great logo. That noise was always like, I might see a boob. Yeah, that was 100%. Because it was like I 11. Might see a bond was like 100%, 100% might see a boob. It was 100% boobs. <laughs> I mean, I'd come back from hell for that, though, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I, lo- I just wanted to mention that logo because much like the MTV logo, the Nickelodeon logo, the HBO mm-hmm. intro, the, it had it was a good, a good stinger, and now it's still a good uh, nostalgia bump. What's not so great Iconic. is how they decided to introduce each episode of the animated series. Todd McFarlane spawned. <laughs> Traditionally, in what, 190 episodes now, we've talked about the intro to a cartoon being usually like a clip show or a previously on or a roll call or any other kind of like animated thing that actually like incorporates parts of the show with the occasional outlier being something weird and some kind of different, maybe live action, maybe claymation, maybe something strange as an intro. I don't know if I've ever seen one quite this bad. Yeah, that's... Todd McFarlane is many things. He's a probably a genuinely really good businessman. Yep. Like aside from just creating Spawn, the action figure, and the McFarlane toys the cornered toy the market yeah. when yeah. it came to that, and he became a multimillionaire. He is not good at speaking in front of a camera. No, <laughs> he cannot set the mood for a horror environment. So, Sean, what do we get introduced to when you you see on your you know your TV guide of 1997? Which was a sure. book, kids. You see Spawn, Todd McFarlane Spawn. You turn in at that time. You hear the static hiss of HBO. And you're expecting a cartoon. Thinking, may- thinking maybe boobs. Thinking maybe cartoon boobs. <laughs> what do you get instead? Like wide panning shot where it's like you, you see particular details like as it's coming in yeah. and as it's narrowing into the person into frame of like him like drawing and making like certain tick marks and like kind of like doing like some ink detailing ink on a panel. A panel. Yeah. And you're like, okay, like this is this is kind of this is kind of interesting. Like, 
I'm, I'm assuming this is Todd McFarlane. Great. And so right. he kind of then turns around <laughs> right. and he poses you a question. And the question, and, and here's where I have to differentiate a lot of things. This is where like I'm spinning multiple plates right now okay. as an adult because I'm like, the question that he asks is actually a decent question to kind of segue into the series. Um, but man, his vocal cadence and delivery is is the, some of the worst public speaking I, like, I've ever <laughs> seen. And you would think that somebody on set would just be like, hey, Todd, so we're going to do like some quick, like, I don't know, vocal warm-ups and some breathing exercises. You know, maybe we'll get you up and maybe we'll like kind of get you to move around a little bit, get a little bit loosey-goosey, you know, just so you don't seem like you're a card. Just so you're not a cardboard cutout and as maybe two-dimensional as the shit that you were drawing in a panel, buddy. (laughs) Whew. It is, it's like, it's hard to, just imagine somebody, he's like, hey, these are what we're, let me ask you a question consider this this is the thing keep the lights on and you're like stop it just whatever you're doing this this isn't working this isn't working and this isn't good this is hard to watch it's but it's challenging because again the content of what he was saying was good delivery not so great where's mcfarland from again do you guys boston 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 he's a boston kid Super yeah, Boston. Man. Super Boston. Accent is dripping with Boston. What pride. would you do if, at the moment of death, a voice from the darkness offered you the chance to live again? Have your answer? There's no time to think about it. You're a heartbeat away from flatlining. What's is that? Is he a Wahlberg? Is he a Wahlberg? He's a Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Welcome to, welcome to Wahlberg. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's fun. All with the Wahlberg. What would you do if, at the moment of death, I offered you a Wahlberg? <laughs> Happy answer? There's no time to think about it. You're <laughs> hopping away from flatlining. Can I, I also, I also want to say... Please have Todd really McFarlane work the drive-thru at a Walburger. <laughs> oh, 100%. This is preordained. I love this. Uh, I also want to say, like, the whole idea of having the ability to die yeah. and somebody ask you this question of, like, do you want to die or do you want to come back? That seems like the worst safety net that ever was invented <laughs> yeah. to be layered upon the idea of death. Like, you're going to die, but then somebody's going to ask you, do you want to live or do you want to die? And you, then you vote. <laughs> you can phone a friend. It's like, oh, I mean, who's going to die? And then be like, yeah, I want to, like, everybody's going to say, yeah, I want to come back. I got but stuff then he to even do. says, but then he even says, unless you're like our buddy Al Simmons, who says, yes, what does he, what does he call him? <laughs> like a, he calls him like a jamoke or some Al. kind of. No, and that's the something? thing is that Todd McFarlane, if you look at his face, it never changes no. regardless of you can't tell the inflection of his what? voice. He's just like our buddy Al Simmons. But the, what, is he, what does he say? He says, you can be like our buddy Al Simmons, who says, yes, like some kind of rookie. <laughs> I think he says like I think he says rookie I think he says and rookie. It, it's just it, it's just it's crazy he's like you know if you're gonna say like our buddy Al Simmons rookie of the year and you're just like whoa you are jumping way too many franchises <laughs> what are you doing it turns out we brought the hellspawn back from the brink of death to uh, pitch <laughs> for our little league team hey, take us to the championships <laughs> I would also watch that. I would I watch, watch Rookie of the Year with that idea. Rookie of the Year. And I would watch Shark Spawn. He breaks his arm and he can like shoot it. Yeah. Just like launches his actual arm at the plate. There's and nothing in the rule books that says this Hell Spawn can't be in a Little League team. <laughs> I'm going to watch that movie. Uh, and then his tagline at the end of this thing again, this is your intro to the cartoon. This is the weirdest thing ever. And then his intro is, and now Spawn, so turn off the lights. 
to be fair, when I was 14, I totally turned off the lights. Well, I already had them turned off because I was not supposed to be watching this. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, they're turned off. Get to the fucking show. This has been five minutes of filler. I had the lights off, too. I was like, this is probably going to be a boob. Probably going to be a boob. You need, like, good contrast. This was before HD 4K TV kids out there. This is, like, tube TV. Yeah, I had to. I remember I had to tape it on my VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I knew how to. You got to catch that boob. You got to catch it. And I knew how to program my VCR, but I didn't trust it, yeah. so I kept going downstairs at midnight. Because again, oh, for kids out there, you were doing the remote record. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. That's because smart. for kids out there, they played shows like one time, yeah. and that was it. Yeah. And then, like especially for this, they would replay it again. But then it was at two thirty in the morning exactly. on a Wednesday or yeah. some shit for the West Coast, mm-hmm. the West Coast time. Yeah. So if you missed it the first time, you didn't catch that boob. On a you missed uh, that boob. piece of magnetic, especially tape. you didn't. You guys didn't see the episode where Chapel visits the uh, the strip bar, did you? Where uh, the woman is getting double teamed. There's a lot. There's <laughs> a lot it's, in ooh. this. Then he cuts a dude's fingers off. I swear. Yep. It's a tough thing didn't to watch, watch that because you're like, because sometimes you're just like, yeah, and then the next scene you're ooh, just like, no. oh god, yeah, it's a real tough. It's a <laughs> mind fuck for a child. <laughs> so let me. So we we've had this. We've we've already had Todd tell us to turn off the lights at this yeah, point. That's still not a so theme song. I think, yeah. Right, right. I think we can all agree that at this point, Dave is 100% correct. This is not a theme song, and we have all been good kids because we've listened to the adult who told us to turn off the lights. So mood is set. Yeah. Mood yeah. is now set. Yeah. We're ready. We're we're ready to go. And then we have what I would say is arguably uh, an afterthought or maybe a fart of a theme song that comes through. And does nothing to set the tone or any idea. Song is pushing or, it. Like it get, yeah. Yeah. Song is song is like saying that Loosely hitting like the, the demo button on a Casio keyboard <laughs> is a song. Or just like randomly hitting different keys on that keyboard at different this again was, minor keys. This again must have been Todd McFarlane being like, what's spooky? What, what can we put in there? <laughs> he literally spooky. just looked on the Casio so, and looked for the spooky button and just and pushed spooky, that. spooky images. Oh, spooky. <laughs> I didn't mind the images. So go ahead. This is my question that I have for the both of you: is this theme song? I feel like the tone and the idea of it is like almost like Halloween. Yeah. It, it feels like it's trying to force yeah. this like October spookiness into what's happening. The challenge that I have is that coming from the point of the comic books, like Halloween is maybe like a small component of the whole Spawn idea. And so, like, was it so mismatched for you? Because I felt like I was almost being sold on just, like, Jack Skellington going to, like, Pumpkin Town, kind of a, an intro. And then it was like, no, no, like, Spawn is, Spawn is Spawn. Like, he's creepy, hanging out in a back alley, you know, instinctually fighting justice for some reason that he can't quite describe yet in his brain. Like, there's no part of that that screams, like, Halloween or trick-or-treat or anything. Like, it, I just was it as much of a tonal mismatch for me as it was for you guys? Um, well, if you look at it from the perspective of like us reading the comics and basically how because Spawn the comics, if nothing else, was not subtle. There was no subtlety to be found. You look at a picture of Overkill or Cygor <laughs> or the Freak yeah. or the Redeemer. Or any one of those fucking villains that Spawn had in his rogues gallery. And they had like 18 million 
belts yeah. and like uh, Spawn used to have belts. Remember when Spawn got a new costume and one of his legs just looked like he had stepped into one of those orange cones? Yes. Where he had all the spikes. <laughs> where he had all the spikes around him. Like, and, and Tom McFarlane was like, this is going to fucking kick ass, bro. Like, that's exactly how he came up with that now design. Now turn off the lights. Now turn off the lights. <laughs> <laughs> now, now do it in a boss. Now do it in a Boston accent. <laughs> no, but essentially, like I feel like, yeah, for the comics, it kind of was like, what the fuck is this? But for what they were going for with the series of having much more of a true to life horror slant, yeah, I thought it kind of worked. Um, and like, truth be told, in watching these episodes again. Because I before I came here, I watched like the first season yeah. again. Um, they're very horrific. There's, I mean, you guys didn't even see the episode where there's the priest with the grenade belt. Nope. That oh man, that was that was a doozy. That was a humdinger. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so essentially, I think it kind of the that intro worked in the idea of it got you kind of like I remember watching that and being a little freaked out. It was just, that was the thing for me. It was like it was effectively creepy. And it was that kind of time of night, yeah. like he says, like turn off the lights, and then everything—it's pitch black. Like the credit sequence to open this thing up is pitch black, except for, you know, created by, written by, artwork by. It's weird. It's not quite the same. And you get like the atonal kind of minor keys, so there is no real music to put to it. But every once in a while, you'll get like chain flash across the screen, or like a flash of like green light, or an eye, cape. or a cape, or fire. And then out of nowhere, it's just like. If you've never seen this before, yeah. If you've never seen this before and had no clue what the comic was about, all of a sudden it's just like this burnt corpse of a man on fire and screaming at the top of his lungs. You're like, oh, this is a thing. So for me, it was, it was creepy and not super memorable for any of the reasons we ever talk about theme songs, but it kind of tried to set the tone, I think. Eh, I'm a little, I'm on the mm-hmm. fence about that one. It, it was fine, but it's yeah. not super memorable. Yeah. You want to move on to animation style? We've talked about this a little bit versus uh, the comics. I think there's some interesting influences going on here. Yeah. I don't know if they're budget-saving measures or going for tone like we were just talking about with sort of a horror thing or it, you know, if it was just the style they wanted to go for. But, Sean, what jumped out at you about the particular animation style of this series? The thing that really jumped out at me was the use of light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do uh, light and shadow. They do a lot within light and shadow to sort of show like a a single quick frame of action or violence that's taking place so that they don't actually have to animate it. Uh, And then you can also see usually somebody else's reaction when that action is taking place. So it's, it's great because you get to see that person's reaction and impression, but you kind of get to see a silhouette uh, of somebody like in like a, like a red light or in like a yellow light uh, back over top of that person's face or on like the wall that's behind them. So I think that they did a really good job with that. What about you from the translation from the comics to... Yeah, um, yeah, kind of as Sean was mentioning, I mean, really with the colors and everything, like it, that, that first opening scene with the reporters in the alleyway where everybody is just in a gray tone yeah. and there's no color whatsoever, yeah. that works surprisingly well because it shows kind of like whatever, the starkness of the world. And in the comic books, it's like Spawn was colorful. Yeah, You saw everything, but it worked so much better in the animated series because when he first shows up and you see the outline of the cape and he's 
looming over everybody. He's like 12 feet tall, and the his chains and his costume is hissing, kind of, and everything. It's like a lot. It just makes, it makes for, and the green eyes and the darkness, it makes for a very cool, like, and they don't do it for everything. Like, right. you know, they have the scenes where he's walking around in the daytime later on in that episode where it's, everything's in color. And it all might as crap. well have been an X-Men episode. Yeah, it might as well. Yeah. Honestly, it did kind of look like X-Men animation, that part. But no, um, and they do it a number of times throughout the first season. Yep. It's just they have really cool backdrops and just the the gradency and all that stuff just works really well. And it's it's it did remind me of Batman the Animated Series with that same kind of thing. Yeah, it, to a point, like very atmospheric. I think is kind of the what we're we're talking about here. The atmosphere, especially because a lot of things are set in like back alleys. Wasn't it called Bum Alley? Is that what they called? It? Oh, what was it called? Because it wasn't uh, Crime Alley. That Rat was Alley. Was Rat it Alley? Some, okay. Rat Alley. Was it? No, what was it? Uh, hobo, Hobo Alley. Hobo Alley. One of those hobo things. Junction. It might have been Rat Town. Va- vagrant Lane. Rat Town. <laughs> Vaping Vagrants? Is that what you <laughs> said? So, Vaping Vagrants. <laughs> Vaping Vagrants. <laughs> Isn't that one of the 12 days of Christmas? Um, so I love that they set up like the atmospheric things, these, these deep, dark shadows. To the point of being like pitch black and it would take up you know 60 percent 90 percent of a scene but the thing that the light was shining on like sean mentioned even if it was very uh thin kind of like gray almost watery light that was where your focus was drawn and it was it was a really masterfully done bit of direction as far as like directing each scene and showing you what they wanted you to see and nothing else like there's nothing else to see but then when they showed uh some of the detail work of like even in even in an alley you know, you could see the stonework and the brickwork and mm-hmm. the trash and the refuse laying around and the trash cans all dented and banged up and the rats were like really gnarly looking. Yeah. And clown kills one. And clown, <laughs> clown is great. So Clown's good. Evan already mentioned like the, the bright green eyes that Spawn has and the bright kind of crimson cloak that he has and his gauntlets and everything. That really sets a contrast against this kind of drab backdrop. But Clown also has kind of these, he's kind of got like a blue-gray tone to a lot of him and kind of like these they're not really like earthy tones but it's almost like the coloration of like a bloated corpse like yeah. a, like an actual like rotten dis- and, corpse and i think that's kind of again where i give like a nod to the animated series right because clown looks like someone that could exist in the animated series right he doesn't in look the so comics insane and he's... in the movie yes you're like okay this guy could never be like a real thing but no. in the animated series yeah i could see a fucked up dude walking around yeah. that kind of look like that i've that was... seen danny devito yeah like, it's not that far from <laughs> you you took the words exactly. right out of my it's, mouth it's, i was like danny far. devito as the next violator yeah. <laughs> it's like if danny devito was just like ah, i played a clown last night and i didn't wash all my makeup yet and i haven't gone to sleep in 36 <laughs> hours like that's essentially clown he's just walking around eating rats like yeah. it's fine yeah but no I, I i loved it i love the animation style it's like a, a slightly more mature batman or x-men so it's that kind of level of, of animation and super bloody and violent. Super violent too. and gory. Uh, there's one, actually, there's one bit of animation that I really loved, and it was um, when Spawn goes to visit his own corpse yes. in, uh, in his grave, when he's holding his corpse up and the corpse is talking to him, and the lightning flashes and their faces change, like his corpse has his face and he has his corpse's yeah. face and that, and that was just a really cool neat little trick that they did with the animation and everything and they do some cool stuff too as far as flashbacks go a lot of the story kind of focuses in this very first episode uh called burning visions by the way this first episode kind of focuses on spawn as al simmons 
coming to grips with his new uh, kind of state of being, wondering how he got there, trying to remember everything from his previous life and then from his death and then from his rebirth. A lot of the stuff they do is like these really harsh, clashing flashbacks that the animation style clashes, the, the visuals clash. They do a really good job with that of kind of making you feel that PTSD because you're kind of like you put off balance a little bit and you're like not quite it's sure. Jarring. It's jarring. It's really jarring. jarring. And, and I mean, as a storytelling point, it works really well. So honestly, yeah. if nothing else, like that was the most impressive part for me was how well done this actually was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys want to jump into some characters, or, you, or do you want to get into plot and kind of maybe focus on a character here or there as we as we talk about it a little bit? I, I think we can jump sure, in because I think we've talked about a lot of characters, yeah. but already kind of leading up. And if it it's really one of those hard things that like if you're coming into this and you don't know who Spawn is, Boy. turn this episode off, Google image search it really quick because there's no way they were ever gonna do it justice. If we're like chains, living cape, burnt torso in a Spider Man <laughs> outfit, you're like. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, and don't even get me started on medieval spawn. Oh, medieval spawn. (laughs) Yeah, medieval. Jesus. But I actually didn't enjoy medieval spawn. Medieval spawn was also owned by Neil Gaiman. That was a gaming. So they can never use him again. That's which is a bummer. So I wanted to ask one question to Evan. Uh, Mm -hmm. Was there a particular character from the series that you're familiar with? Uh, you know, however over the top or or underrated that character might be that we didn't see or that you don't remember from the animated series but existed in the comic book. So that if somebody's like, this is how batshit insane Spawn is, you should go Google image search this character. And we've, we've talked about a couple like Cygor, Kilgore, uh, some of these other, or some of these other characters. Anyone particular that strikes you is just like, this is your must-have Spawn character to go. Man, that's that's a really good question. I mean, aside from Spawn himself, it's like, you know, you can look at a, I think like a perfect kind of image would be Spawn fighting the Redeemer, because like the Redeemer is okay. that ridiculous. And another thing that, another thing that I will, um, that is actually a funny thing about the animated series is that they reference Malvolgia, but they never show him, right. not through the entire animated series. So that's another thing, like, you look at, what Malbolgia looks like, and it's like, okay, this is the kind of world that I'm gonna enter with Spawn in general. I mean, Todd McFarlane's artwork is so pitch perfect for it in general, and like, and then Greg Capullo mm-hmm. kind of jumped on right after him and kind of like strengthened it and made it, you know, Spawn a little pop out a little bit more. But um, yeah, I mean, really, just look at. Spawn is ridiculous. I mean, really, like, the, the comic book designs are completely absurd with some of it. And it's honestly why I like the animated series so much better, because it's still ridiculous. Overkill they exists. They pull back from it a little bit. They, they pull back from it, and they streamline everything, and don't make everything, like, really lean in hard. Rather than, the perfect analogy is kind of like, if you want Spawn the superhero, you read the comic books. If yeah. you want Spawn the horror series... You watch this, and if you want whatever the hell Spawn the live action movie is, you you can watch that too. If you just want to support Michael J. White's career, please, John Leguizamo and Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen, surprisingly. I can't remember anybody else in that movie. They're all forgettable. Um, Just to piggyback off of that, for me, it's Angela. And not just because she was like super hot when she showed up in the comics and and the cartoon. The ribbons and the... Yeah, and just like, I don't know what's going on there, but something's about to happen. Um, It was more because... 
it was an antithesis to Spawn, more so than mm. even the Redeemer was, because it was sort of like, oh, that was the first time that I saw this mythology, like, open up, like, massively open up. It was like, okay, cool, Hell's got this thing going on, they've got these deals, they're claiming souls, they've got these warriors that they're unleashing upon the world. And you don't, sometimes you think, like, I'm sure Heaven's doing something, maybe Cagliostro's involved with that, but you don't really know, there's nothing there. And then when Angela shows up, it's just like, oh, shit, there's, there's like, this literal whole other world that, like, Heaven's doing the same thing, but they're employing some of the same tactics. Yeah. And it's like, that's a really rich area for, for storytelling. It also throws some vulnerability in for Spawn, because all of a sudden, he can, like, get his ass handed to him. Yeah. And you're just like, wait, what? Who is this? What is happening? So I, I love that. Um that was such a cool addition. Thank you, Neil Gaiman, uh, yeah. for that addition. Uh, so for me, you know, not getting to see that in the first episode, obviously, it makes me want to go back and watch it. Right. Yeah. Mm. What about you, bud? And I, I was the same way, you know, because we, uh, we were introduced to the clown. No, 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 no. I, I'm the same way as there was a character that I wanted to see in this first episode that I think is synonymous with Spawn, and it is the Violator, which is sort of the, the, the other part to the clown character who was played by John Leguizamo in the movie. Uh, but I, I, I really think that that whole series of, of brothers uh, for Violator, Vindicator, Vandalizer, Vaporizer, and Vacillator, that, those series, I, I don't know what it was, but just the, the, the horns and just sort of the, the weird spindly bodies that yeah. supported those giant jaws. And I, for me, that was something where like I don't know that I had seen anything like that at like nine or 10 when I was reading this as a kid. Yeah. And, and that alone, when I saw Violator, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, because he's... This is this is bonkers. He's, yeah. he's giant, but he's like, like gangly. Yeah. And that kind of yeah. makes him scarier. Yeah. And he's so unnatural. And his horns of like, that are just like, kind of like... I used to have a grown in and action that. figure back here, but I don't have it with me. <laughs> but that, the craziest thing was watching him like... Were like burst mm-hmm. out of clown, like yeah, his, like literally yeah. tearing yeah, out of his, his flesh. Yeah, that was so, good. So if you guys haven't seen Clown, picture it's just basically like this little, very short, very fat Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito as a clown, wearing <laughs> wearing wearing, jo- wearing Joker makeup, wearing Junko jeans. He is the grossest character. He's so gross ever. Like literally, uh, right before he transforms, he's jerking off the picture yeah. of Al, Al Simmons' of wife. <laughs> He and his his purpose in this entire thing, as like one of the leaders of um, Hell's armies, mm. he's, he's like a lieutenant. He's, or yeah, he's like a high ranking general, maybe. Oh yeah, because maybe. he's he's responsible for keeping the Hellspawn in line and in shape and getting them trained up in order to lead the armies. But he's also responsible for like poking and prodding at them and keeping them off balance and preventing them from like using their powers to like fight back against this terrible deal that they've signed. So he's. He's like a drill instructor, yeah, right? He's much. like a drill sergeant, but he's also like super way overpowered, and you don't expect that at all. And he can spawn his own ass. He in does <laughs> multiple times. And when you first see him like emerge from this like fat shell of the clown, like some sort uh, of insect, yeah. it's like it's terrifying. <laughs> and then and and yeah. I was gonna say those those compound eyes, yeah. those yeah. red compound eyes. eyes that he has. The, oh my god, that that fucking freaked me out. That was the creepiest. We were talking earlier about, we were joking about, like, telepathy. If we <laughs> That's a choice they make in this series. So rather than have everybody's right. voice dialed up to 11 or screaming at you or, like, 
you know, really blowing out your your vocal cords to like growl and be like a demon. When Clown turns into Violator, he just whispers. And and to kind of add to that, to a point that Sean had made, like, and just showing you how this is different from, say, like the movies and the comics. Movies and the comics, they just show you Violator straight up. Right. Like they they shine a spotlight on him. In this, right. he's always like covered in shadow, which makes him look freakier because yeah. you never get a good idea of what he kind of yeah. looks like. He never stands up straight, but he's always like hunched over and he's like 13 feet tall, yeah. which makes it like this amazing, like when he attacks, it's vicious when he hits, he does that uppercut to spawn where he just <laughs> lifts him up with like he's nothing. Yeah. And it's just a great kind of, oh shit, like this is, yeah, this I don't want to look at this thing for that long. No, it's, it's, it's <laughs> malevolent. It's like it's like John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, it, it's very much like you're not quite sure what you've got, but you know it's this malevolent force, and it is handing Spawn his ass, like you said. So it's like, okay, this is another whole other level. So one of the great things about this story, and especially the animated series, is how they keep peeling back more and more and, and revealing more stuff to you. It makes it a really fun watch. Mm-hmm. What was it about the Great. what was it about his intro in this episode that you thought uh, I don't know was there anything about his introduction that kind of caught your eye or the way that they presented it or the angle that they chose to go with this with the intro of Spawn yeah. in general in this episode um so yeah we've been I mean we've been talking a lot about the more like you know Angela and uh, Violator and really a thing that Spawn does so well aside from just that is present all this true to life really like the politics and the government of Jason Wynn and, you know, the politician who's covering for his pedophile son. And when you're watching this in the past, <laughs> it seems kind of ridiculous. Yeah, well, but now, uh, <laughs> I kind of want the government of Jason Wynn. No, I'm, uh, but... I just want a hell spot. <laughs> I want a hell spot. No, but essentially, like, it is a good... This The first season has a conspiracy to it. In uh, it wraps everything up pretty well in terms of Tony Twist is doing the work. Tony Twist is the uh, like the quote unquote kingpin of uh, the Spawn universe. Yeah. The big burly guy who's like, I'll send you a couple of fingers, maybe his liver, uh, and he doesn't have fingers. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's missing a couple of fingers, um, but he does have a nice think thong. He has a nice yeah. Oh God, yep. Tony Twist is always surrounded by naked women who are constantly fawning uh, over him. Mm-hmm. I'm alright with that. And again, that's why that little HBO. Tss- yep. Knew it was gonna. Knew it was gonna happen. Yeah. Knew it was gonna Record. Happen. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, <laughs> it, it does well in terms of the world. Like the world of Spawn is shit. Like from all aspects of like, even if for the rich, the richest of the people, and the fact that Spawn. And that was another original thing, the fact that Spawn yeah. lives in an alley. And he's, he's, he's like a homeless man. He's, he's a like homeless. A, he's, he's a drifter. He doesn't have anywhere to go. His, his whole life and family and friends and people that he loved and people that he trusted, they're gone. Mm-hmm. He's been dead for five years at this point. So even if he would try to go back and just be like, Wanda! He's like, he's, yeah, he's got like maggots falling out of his face. So even if she was like, oh, you're, yeah, you're totally Ironic, ironically, ironically enough, one of the first things that Spawn in the comics tries to do is he tries to use his powers to get his old face back. To mush it back. But yeah. he turns himself into a white guy. And that's... <laughs> he can ne- happening? And so he can never... Whenever he tries to become human, he looks like a white guy. Uh, but it takes a lot of magic. And that's another thing 
spawns power ever decreasing power level. Yeah. That is, he can do anything, but it makes him one step closer to returning to hell. Right. And Basically, having to to go and and serve out his sentence that he kind of agreed to, and that was a cool thing they added to this series, also from the comics, is the, like the spawn counter. Right. Mm. So if you're familiar with the story, you know this counter. It's basically four nines in a in a row, and then they'll just eventually tick down the more he uses his magic. That's that's a whole other thing. But um, what are you talking about? So, what, what are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it's like Justin Timberlake in that movie In Time. It's exactly. Like yeah, yeah. Just yeah, just like, like that. <laughs> yep. Justin Timberlake. Well, with powers from hell, but with hell powers. Yeah, hell powers. Justin Timberlake <laughs> with thing, hell powers. Same thing. No, but what I loved about it was that they did not just. Spawn right out of the gates wasn't fighting like another super villain, or he wasn't fighting some like angel or or some other like minion of hell or anything like that. Fighting a government conspiracy. Well, even even before <laughs> that, he doesn't even know that he's taking out uh, he's taking out crooked cops. He's taking out gangsters, and he's attempting to protect the innocent. Even though you get a really good introduction to the tone of this um, animated series, when essentially, real quick in the beginning, two reporters go in this like really dingy dangerous back alley to meet up with an informant i'm a reporter from washington post I'm a we reporter. spoke on the phone we spoke on the phone you must be mr stevens uh, please i have a wife <laughs> kids and so, for your sake i hope decent life insurance i've been seeing this episode a few times <laughs> oh, boy. Been, and, uh, very quickly mafia hitmen show up and basically like lay waste to everybody but before they can kill one of the remaining reporters spawn intervenes and he means well he means to take out the bad guys the mafia guys but because he's so fucking terrifying, he's essentially like a hell monster. Like you, from what you can see, it doesn't look good. It spikes and chains and capes and him mask. And when Spawn slams that guy's head into the back hey, of the car, yeah. that just is so brutal. You're, the, you're not gonna be like, oh, thanks for saving yeah. me. You're like, oh fuck. Yeah, the guy accidentally kills himself so, because yeah. yeah so the reporter, the reporter who's been like doused in gasoline, was about to be set on fire by the mafia guys. The reporter takes up the gun that's fallen and aims at Spawn and tries to shoot him, but he ends up setting himself on fire. So this, it just sets up one of those things where it's sort of like, Spawn is quite literally damned if he does and damned if he doesn't at this mm. point. And it's a really interesting place to put a hero. Yeah. To put somebody who used to fight for country and for his loved ones and for friends and freedom. And he has a complicated backstory, which they get into. But to take that character and put him in that kind of situation is something that he hadn't really seen before. And real quick, I know I'm rambling. Right. You mentioned Spider-Man and Batman mm-hmm. in the past. Batman obviously comes from wealth and privilege. He can kind of do anything he wants at any given time. Yeah. So not really a whole lot of stakes there, except for the very like mental, emotional trauma that sure. he goes through. Yeah. Right? Spider-Man, he's a little more real, a little more down-to-earth as far as his like station goes. Right? So he's not super rich. He's trying to make ends meet, so he has to like work during the day, sometimes go to school, depending on what iteration you're watching, and then also spend nights like fighting crime. Yeah. But he's also like hopeful and optimistic and a good guy and everything's great and he's joking and he's flying around and everybody loves him. Spawn is like the complete opposite of everything I just said. He, he's got no money. He's got no means to live. He's got he no sits. skin. <laughs> like, he sits in a cardboard box and... He's like the Max. He's like, yeah, he's like a, like yeah, a he's homeless anti-hero. And I just love that Another role. Another oh, image comic you know, yeah. that came out at around the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and my whole point was that the animated series hits all those points really well. Yeah. By yeah. just very basic yeah. scenes. Yeah, they have um later on in the series when Spawn steals a number of guns from yeah. a military depot by using his powers to teleport, 
he just hides the guns under a bunch of garbage yeah. and cardboard boxes. It's like, all right, I'm just going to leave him there. If there's That's one fine. thing that frustrated me with the entire comic storyline, it's when he would use his ridiculous powers to get mundane things like machine yeah. guns. <laughs> like, fuck, man. Like, come on, dude. Get it together. Uh, Sean, what else about his sort of introduction and this first episode jumped out at you as far as storytelling style? I mean, I think it was interesting to sort of see this this quick intro where, you know, we, we have... Uh, again, a, a lot of imagery playing with like light and shadow uh, to kind of see him. And then also to have him have those moments where he's kind of like touching his head and he's like, oh, what am I? Who am I? Why am I doing this? Uh, and then I think that that lends itself to kind of understanding a little bit more about the storytelling and the origins of Spawn. So again, I like the fact that like you're not thrown into something where he's fighting a supervillain right. right away or like a, an angel or another demon. You know, it, it's more this uh, this apologia with himself to figure out exactly what he's doing. Uh, as, yeah, as, as kind of to emphasize uh, uh, just how good Keith David was mm. in the role, that first scene where he's looking in the puddle and he rips, like, he's looking at his face, he, he, sounds, his he, he sounds hysterical. Yeah. And it's, it's a great kind of, like, who am I? Like, he's freaking out, and he's it's losing really his shit, and Keith David really hammers that home. Everything he does, because they ask him to be, like, not only this kind of, like, avenging angel and taking out corrupt cops and mafia guys, but then they're like, you also need to be basically, like, a blubbering mess when you see your wife yeah. with her new <laughs> husband and their child, and you learn that you've been dead for five years, and everyone else in your life has moved on. Oh, and by the way, you also have to go face your own corpse and battle with it. I and, will, oh, by the way, you also have to like come to grips with the fact that you made a deal with the devil and you're like in servitude for eternity. I will. I will say this also to kind of uh, you know pump up Keith David's performance. And without any spoilers, in the sixth episode, I think every time I watch a certain scene, I get misty eyed. Really, and I still like. I remember watching it for the first mm-hmm. time. There's legit like a heart wrenching scene. Is it flashbacks though? No, it's a really? modern. Uh, it's it's in the modern uh, era when everything kind of wraps up. His flashback stuff always killed me mm. because you got to see Al Simmons as like a family man. He mm. made some questionable decisions and did some questionable things, but you got to see Al Simmons the man. Yeah. And then you got to see kind of how like things were arrayed and 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 aligned kind of against him to force him into this situation. Mm. And basically, he kind of went into like a. You had no other option at this point. <laughs> Uh, it's tough, man, yeah. and they deal with it pretty well. And they set up a lot of things in this first episode that don't pay dividends for a while. So For a long, long time. So, yeah. like, we've got Cogliostro. Mm-hmm. Sean, first impressions of Cogli- Cogliostro, who's not even named, I don't think, in this first episode. He's just, like, a bearded No, he's guy. not. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, it's interesting to, to, to see him. I mean, and, and to know having been like a fan of the comic that like there's going to be something more that's happening with this. I, I almost want to say I, I'm glad that they didn't have like a big boss fight yeah. Yeah. in this episode, but I, I will be honest in saying that I felt that a lot of the storytelling that they had for this first episode was very slow. Mm-hmm. Like this was a real slow burn for me. And, and I, I don't know if, if I didn't have the spawn roots of reading the comic book coming into this, I don't know that I would say to myself, I should pick this up for like a second episode. Really? Like I should continue watching. Yeah, because I mean, like uh, uh, this whole episode was him fighting people in an alley, him like fighting his own corpse, him 
fighting more guys in an alley. A phone call between two guys where like some guys just like, I'll send you some fingers. Maybe and then like <laughs> maybe a And then they're like and then they're back in an alley. And like that's the whole that's the whole episode. Mm-hmm. And like there there's okay. there's there's yeah. some conflict and, and there which Evan has alluded to with sort of the conspiracy aspect of right. this and sort of these these mobs and, and these people that are doing these things and like and, and and it's important, but you know, just in terms of I guess like this show in this first episode asks more questions than it does actually give answers. Sure. And and that's that's fine in terms of storytelling, but like if you're not interested and intrigued by these characters from the on like from the outset, from the get-go, you might not pick up and watch a second episode of it. Like you might because you're just like, you know what, I want to see where this goes. But like we're we're spoiled. And and we've got a, a lot going for us because we've read a ton of these comic books. Like we know how bad shit this is gonna get. Right. So I'm intrigued to see how weird it gets. But for somebody else, they could be like, uh, "This is like a boring animated wire thrown in with a Spider-Man <laughs> Batman guy," and I'm not, I don't know if I'm kind of into it. Like there were moments where this where like I, I noticeably looked at my watch, really? and then I and then I I tapped my iPad and I was like, "How much fucking? Oh, this isn't a regular 22 minute one." <laughs> Fuck, we gotta because watch there's no commercials. Like 26 minutes. God damn. <laughs> See, I don't know. Todd, for, me, we had a, for me, it wasn't. We had a Todd intro like with this, too. That's like chewing up yeah, a whole that, 90 seconds. <laughs> that that is an additional. That did not help. But for me, it was like, if you're not familiar with it, it it's hard to say because we already know it and we have, you know, 20 yep. years worth of history plus with it. But right. for me, it's like you get this bizarre kind of character who's obviously conflicted. He's not just a superhero, he's not just some kind of demon. Like, there's something going on with him. If that's not compelling enough, okay, cool. Then you've got these guys who are more grounded, these detectives that come in, Sam and Twitch, yep, who you Sam mentioned, who, they're not there for right. long, but they've got good charisma, they've got fantastic voice uh, voice work. They're interesting enough that you're like, these detectives are kind of doing their job, but also like not really trying super hard, so I kind of want to see where that goes. Uh, yeah, I personally like to, to yeah, yeah, yeah. emphasize on Sam and Twitch. Sam and Twitch were, are the comic book characters that I think... Everybody in the comic book community gravitates to, yeah. like, in terms of writers and creators. Yeah. People are like, oh, fuck Spawn, but Sam and Twitch, that's it's where it's at. Because everything else is so insane. Because everything like else is insane. Yeah. But when you look at Sam and Twitch's characters, they're essentially Ab- Abbott and Costello, yeah. if they were uh, detectives, New York City detectives. Yeah, like but the funny thing is that, so Twitch is essentially the straight-laced, you know, he's by the book. Twitch has like four doctorates, and this is going into his origin. He has four doctorates. He's married to a supermodel, and he has, I shit you not, like 13 kids. <laughs> and so Twitch is like, his wife is constantly. Nice. Yeah, I know. He's, he's doing pretty well for himself. His wife is constantly like, why do you have to be a detective? And he's like, because it's just my calling, and who else would watch Sam kind of thing? And Sam. Meanwhile, is like morbidly obese. He's a mess. He's a mess. He's talking about his introduction is essentially like Jesus Christ, come on, hitman in the alley. Get me a three. Get me two dozen. Get me two dozen donuts. And uh, no, Twitch says Twitch, Twitch asks him. He goes. He goes two dozen. He goes a dozen. Don't you know I'm on a I'm diet? On a diet. Then, as he's smoking his in cigar. A, in a later in a later episode, Sam is sitting at his desk. And he's putting out cigarettes into his cup of coffee. And he goes, Twitch is leaving. And Sam goes, get me another couple of donuts and a hoagie. And then Sam takes a drink of his coffee. And he goes, ugh. And he looks at the cigarettes. And he just keeps drinking it. And there's a fucking, 
there's a pot of coffee brewing right behind him, but he's still drinking his coffee. That <laughs> this is sick. why everybody loves Sam and Twitch. They're like, <laughs> they're like, it's it's like you know if you loved Bullock in uh, Batman. Yeah, Bullock is. Yeah, that's a very perfectly. Yeah, yeah, Sam is essentially Bullock it's the from same Batman. Guy. It's just that and Twitch is kind of Gordon. He has Twitch to kind of like keep him in check. Mm-hmm. But those guys show up in this, and they're like, okay, cool. Now we've established that there's actually some stakes to the fact you can't just murder a shitload of people in an alley. And yeah, that, gonna give that's a, a good. That's a good thing. Yeah. Is that it? It progressively gets it. It shows that Spawn doesn't know what he's doing, and right. he's making a ton of mistakes by murdering people because it just causes <laughs> more people to show up in his alley and be like, okay, and then they get murdered, and it keeps getting more and more and more. And then on the other side of that, you've got you know you've got the law enforcement side of it, and then on the criminal enterprise side of that, it goes up the chain. So we've already mentioned that like Tony Twist is like he basically lost three of his like best hitmen mm-hmm. at this point, and you learn. That he sent those hitmen out, and it seems like you know just kind of like a random act of violence. But the fact that he sent those guys was on a higher order, and not just from this guy Jason Wynn, but from even higher, well, higher maybe than, yeah. higher than him, some shadowy uh, Senate, some some politicians, uh, some Congress people. We don't quite know who you know. Department of Defense is involved, so it goes from literally a back alley somewhere with like yeah. the refuse of humanity, all the way up to like Department the of White Defense, House. <laughs> Department of Defense, the White House, in one episode. There's enough there for me that if I had never picked up an issue before, never saw a toy, never knew what was going on, I would maybe even say, okay, I'm not super into like whatever this hero thing is, but I really either like what the cops are doing or I'm kind of intrigued by this this espionage, political espionage thing going over here. So for me, it's like they give you three different storylines you can get, you can gravitate towards. And if you don't like yeah. any of them, if you just want like a regular Saturday morning cartoon, then that's totally fine too. Anything else from this episode? I, I mean, I could talk about it forever, probably, mm-hmm. but uh, we're getting a little short on time. So, anything else you guys want to mention from this episode? Anybody we haven't talked about yet? We we don't get to see much with Wanda. Yeah, unfortunately, she does have a subplot in the first season that actually yeah. they do a very good job of connecting everything. Yeah. with each other because Wanda is eventually dragged into the main storyline. Yeah, and yeah, so they don't they don't mention her a lot, but and I will say that like. I haven't seen all of the animated series again, mm-hmm. but for those out there who want like a ranking of the seasons, I just remember really hating season two. A lot of people did. I we'll, remember. we'll mention that I think in our <laughs> love it hate it this week. But. Yeah, and and then I because I, I remember the ranking is that season one is the best. Yeah. Then season three. Yeah. And then two is god awful. Not good. <laughs> but hang in there. Because that was literally season two was Todd McFarlane thinking, okay, this is the one where I'm not going to have Spawn in it. And that brings us back to what we talked about before with this movie coming out. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. With that. But, um, <laughs> I am glad for the time being that this animated series exists. Mm-hmm. So happy to say that. Uh, anything else, Sean, from you for this series before we move to recommendations and whatnot? Anybody, Evan? No, let's let's get into oh, these yeah. recommendations. Oh, oh our, our guest. Our no, special I, guest, sixth brother, sixth son of <laughs> Mount Bulges. I will also too. I will also say let's get. Uh, all right, he's fine too. So go ahead, Sean. All right. Hey, guys. Turns out we have opinions. You guys on the internet and listeners, you also have opinions as well. So to honor your opinions, uh, we are going to turn it over to longtime listener in front of the show, Bobby Anthem, for this week's Love It or Hate It. Bobby, take it away. This week's Love It was written and submitted by Rectangular Businessman on October 29th, 2008. 
He gave the show a rating of 10 out of 10 and titled his review, Of course it is much better than the movie. He said, Spawn, the animated series, is one of the best adaptations of one comic into animation, just like the Max. The animation is excellent, full of details and with a dark and mysterious atmosphere, and the story is dark as well. While in the movie the characters are plain and uninteresting, in this show, all those characters are much better developed, and the story was interesting and well written. The whole series was put together fabulously, and it is superior in every single detail in the movie. It stayed true to Spawn's roots. It was dark. It was emotional. It was violent. It had a sick sense of humor. Spawn is one of the best animated series ever made. And our hate it is titled Nothing More Than Average, written by D. Ranger on March 11th, 2004. It says, The artwork is good. The story is not interesting enough to sustain interest through Spawn and Spawn 2. The animation is nothing awe-inspiring, so we are just left with an animated film that isn't bad to watch if you've nothing better to do and have the time to kill. I expected more with Todd McFarlane's name attached to the project. I'd rate it a 4 on a scale of 1 to 10. I don't find the Spawn's inner turmoil something I can relate to as it is hard to understand why a hell-spawned assassin would ever have touchy-feely thoughts of his past life while in the process of killing yet another merely evil mortal. The narration is present too often during the film. It's as if the writers knew any viewer would need help to navigate the waters but maybe should have just written better and dumped the narration. The clown just is irritating. Amazing, as always, Bobby. Uh, if we were looking for nothing more than average, uh, we always have you, and you are always exceptional, way above average. I was going to say, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> where you're going with that. I'm not going to, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, Bobby, just, uh, don't listen to it's a short you know trip. We all got there. We got this. Oh, come on. Bobby's the best. You know who else we love? Uh, so thank you, Bobby. We love Evan we Valentine. Hey. We love come Evan back. Valentine. <laughs> This is like one of, the, one of the few times you've actually been able to talk about a good show, I think. Yeah, oh my God. It's yeah. so nice to talk about a good show. So <laughs> we're, we're going to get around to recommendations now. So just to refresh our, uh, our minds out there, you can either recommend the show for people to check out. You cannot recommend it, which means you just warn them off a little bit. And if you don't recommend it, you can give it the dip, meaning you erase it from all time and all existence if we have a two-thirds majority. So mm-hmm. what do you say about Todd McFarlane's Spawn? Uh... Yeah, I'd definitely recommend it. It's it's kind of like it's a nice like nostalgia boost, but it just takes you back to a time when uh HBO was really doing I mean, and they still I mean they've become a a very worthwhile uh viable TV channel with sure. Game of Thrones, with uh, Westworld, sure, sure. et cetera, et cetera. But with this you could kind of step back to a time when they were more smut peddlers. <laughs> <laughs> and they had they had oh, like they had like spawn the oh, enemy I'm gonna, I'm gonna forward that to their PR person that I'm in contact <laughs> you could really do that. Uh, so like spawn the animated series, Tales from the Crypt, Dream On, yeah. uh Spicy City. Remember the remember edgy, that one? Edgy stuff. Remember the animated series Spice what was it? Spicy City or whatever? Ooh, that's a deep cut. I gotta that, go back and Oh man, it one. was an animated show that was all tits. That's <laughs> That's well, basically it was an anthology anthology movie, but they I'm also go, it on go on yeah. <laughs> go on. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's Spawn still holds up. I mean, really, it's 
The animation is worth seeing for itself. Um, act, voice actors are great. Oh, great. Honestly, there like wasn't really. I would say that like it, it is ridiculous in how violent. It's like that kind of violent. That's like okay, this is getting a little absurd. Yeah. Like at one point, Spawn rips a guy's arm. I can think of like three times when arms are ripped off yeah. in this first season alone. Yeah. Um, and in that respect, it's like okay, this is. This is still a byproduct of the '90s yes. and everything, but hyper violence. Yeah, it's it's a nice tra- it's a nice like visit to that time again. But yeah. yeah, Spawn Spawn is worth your worth your while. Don't be scared by the comics or the live action or the movie. live action movie. <laughs> yeah, so all for all you kids born since 2000 it's on Amazon whatever, Prime uh, and, and on uh, yeah through HBO and YouTube, YouTube Oof, as well. and YouTube you can find it. Sean, what about you, buddy? Do you recommend this one? Uh, well, before I do that, I'm going to say if uh, if people are also interested in going back and listening to other recommendations that Evan has I'm made, yeah. you can check out episode 160 where he talked about Berserk, 154 oh, yeah. where he talked about Ultra Force, 111 where he talks about Wildcats, and episode 75 where he talks about X-Men. Holy oh. crap, you've been on a lot. Yeah, Did I do one before then? I don't know. It's... No, I don't think so. I'm we actually were still not sure. like, closet at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I did X-Men. That was a good show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to recommend yeah. this. Uh, I, I, I'm, I think I'm going to recommend this because despite my conjecture saying that I don't know, I feel like there could have been some additional uh, oomph sure. uh, put into the, the story for the first episode. I'm still kind of intrigued to see where this goes. And because I have the, the past and the history with Spawn, I'm kind of curious to see some of the bananas stuff that's going to happen. Plus, I know that I mentioned that it's not in this first episode, but if you can seek out the clip where the violator, where the clown yeah, turns into the violator for the first intro. time yeah. in the series, and I know it's out there because Dave sent it to me tonight uh, <laughs> before, we, before we started watching, uh, it, it is worthwhile, and it is bonkers to see. So, uh, But I love the idea that this is definitely back in the time when HBO used to smell putter. When HBO <laughs> used to peddle smut, and yeah, I mean, and and there was a boob in this, so they they were able to follow through on that like that promise. Boobs. So there's I no, oh my god, they, in the so like later a bunch episodes, of boobs. Boobs. there's some. I love an odd number of boobs in an animated show. <laughs> um, and to Sean's point, before I give my recommendation away, uh, this was later released, I think, on DVD. Yeah. In movies, right? There. Uh, like, I remember buying the DVD, and it was in those cases that was the. Uh, it didn't open like this. It opened where you had the thing that slipped over the front that clicked oh, into little, place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, little, yeah, the clasp? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the clasp. clasp. That's how early this DVD came out. Yeah. I remember it being we one of the We hadn't mastered first... plastic manipulations yet. Yeah, That's you had to play is. more episodes by flipping the DVD Yeah, over. yeah, yeah. You had to flip them two sides. <laughs> didn't, didn't they put them together, though? They packaged them like as movies, right? They packaged them as like uh, TV specials or movies in yeah, like an hour and a half or two hours. Yeah, trips. essentially. Like now, yeah. right now, if you wanted to buy the DVDs, they're like $2 a season. Nice. They're really like, you can pick them up for practically nothing. They actually have, they aren't on Blu-ray. They have not been put on Blu-ray. Well, if his new movie does well, maybe they <laughs> Oh, shucks. <laughs> but are they on 4K? Are they on 4 God, no. Oh, man. Are they on virtual reality? <laughs> I want to see those boobs in 4K. Come on, Tom McFarlane. Yeah. The funny thing is, we're yeah, talking... Yeah, come on, Dave. Those boobs better be rendered <laughs> to the pixel. 1080p. We're talking so much about these animated boobs. They're actually the funniest damn things you've seen. <laughs> Because they're like all perfectly like spherical to a point that it's just like, what the hell even is that? That's the weirdest thing ever. Don't don't 
Don't you body shame those animals? <laughs> don't body shame them at all. This is another product fuck, of, the, of the 90s. The hyperspherical boob implants for everybody. Everybody. Uh, and on that note, I'm going to recommend this show. <laughs> Perfect timing. Perfect. <laughs> all that needs to be said. Nailed it. Flawless. Oh, that's three for three. That's good. I didn't want to dip this one. I'm very excited about the, the future of Spawn. I hope it's good. <laughs> Whatever it may be. I hope it's good. I, I did want to say that there was one part of watching this. Now that we're in February and we are off New Year's Nicktoons, I was like, is there something where Meltman and the, the corpse of Spawn are related? <laughs> <laughs> Meltman sold his soul to the devil? We can, yeah. if we ever do a Chuckamation version, I have some of the old Spawn toys oh, back home. Man. We can bring these guys together. Which Spawn toys do you have? Can't I wait. have Medieval, I have, I think, Classic, and uh, definitely Violator. And uh, I think that's it. That's oh, I, I can still remember when I would walk in with my parents into um, Suncoast. Oh, yeah. Remember Suncoast, Oh, hell Sean? yeah. Uh, and they had, they had those McFarlane toys. And he had one where, for a time, McFarlane was like, yo, fairy tales, but dark. And he had all the Wizard of Oz characters in the most horrific fucking, like, the lion's guts were spilling out. And he was this terrifying monster. And, like, Dorothy was in bondage and she had a belt around her eyes. That sounds And I just had to, like, look at it when I was 13. And my parents were just like, this is not happening. happening. Nope, nope. We're not letting you watch that spawn. You'll thing. get a paper route. <laughs> it's like it's like if you saw any of the artwork for American McGee's yeah, Alice exactly. video game that had come out at that point, and then you were like, "Let's make it darker and sexy." Like, this is already pretty dark. This is already real dark, friend. <laughs> Man, I, th- I still think McFarlane lives in the nineties. Oh yeah, he's ever left. well for sure. I mean, that was his most prosperous era. He's really never left. We hope he never does. He made so much money that he bought the. Um, what was the baseball that he bought? Remember that? When oh that was the God. big, uh, he bought. Um, yeah. It was like a home run ball that. Mark uh, McGuire. Series Maguire's? game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hit, uh, it was his, and he paid a couple million dollars for it. Which is why he's coming back with a movie that's budgeted less than $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> Those McFarlane toys, woo, they're not selling. Hey, he's got, the, walk, he's got the walking dead. <laughs> well, he's, he's, a, he's working now with Nintendo and he's making Amiibos. And so you can get. Todd uh, McFarland uh, spawn themed amiibos for your Nintendo Switch because nothing says family friendly kid gaming like something that looks like it's in bondage or dripping. Yo, with check out the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz. His dick's hanging out. Okay, thank you, Todd. That's... Turn off the lights. Turn off the lights. <laughs> Jesus. All right, Evan. Oh, you've man. Spawn, you've recommended the show. Now, where can the people find you out there in the world? Oh, you can find me on Collider.com with uh, Dave Trombor, where we write about various things. It's, Currently, just, it's just me and Evan. That's it. <laughs> We're the else. only ones that exist. Everyone died in Sundance. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it's still a possibility. Uh, you can find me doing articles such as the top... You can find me doing articles such as the uh, top superhero shows of the year, as well as recaps for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, feel free to follow me on Twitter at EV Comedy and download my stand-up comedy album on iTunes and Amazon, Evan Valentine. Absolutely. We will have all those links up on our website as well. But Sean, bro, what have you been up to in the real world? 
Hey guys, as always, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can check out tickets and times, witdc.org. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. And you can find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. You can also find me on Collider.com, as Evan previously mentioned, uh, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. As for this little show right here, you can find us on our Patreon page. We'd love it if you'd head on over there and give us a look-see. Patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also head on over to our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Follow along on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep that conversation going on Facebook. Please don't do it on YouTube. You guys are terrible. Uh, but you can listen to a free audio podcast each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. <laughs> and as always, send us an email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Next week on this show, we're not going to talk Nicktoons, and that makes me super happy. No, the uh, exciting thing... <laughs> I just wanted to Yo, say, wait, is Spawn not a Nicktoon? It's not a Nicktoon, surprisingly. It's not a Nicktoon, not a Nicktoon, guys. Uh, the fun and exciting thing that we, we didn't mention at the beginning of the episode is that February is going to be dedicated to us having an opportunity and a chance to talk about some cartoons that we want to, right. as well as also some listener recommendations. And some so special guests. Throughout the entire month of February, we're going to be picking up things that friends like Evan really wanted to watch with Spawn. Clearly. <laughs> and then we've got some other ones that are going to be exciting that uh, are going to be really weird with some friends that we have from maybe another podcast. This sounds like a mystery uh, with some other that friends. maybe I need some evidence to solve. Uh, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I've watched a lot of that cartoon. I don't think they ever got a single piece of evidence. No. I think Damn it was it. always just them, them running through a bunch of doors <laughs> and then at the masks. end pulling off a mask. Damn it. <laughs> um, That's about science it. has failed me, Scooby. Wouldn't worry about it. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Saturday Morning Cartoons. Thanks again to Evan for joining us. Yeah, thank you for, for your fifth or sixth or seventh maybe yeah, time. One of those. Oh, my God, if it's the sixth time, Ooh. We, can, we can break the first seal. I'm Tony Twist. See you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.